0: Welcome to the Barbecue Roundup, a weekly program that supplements the Barbecue Central Show, which can be heard live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at thebbqcentralshow.com. I'm Greg Rempe, and this is Episode 4 for April 7th, 2016. Coming up in this week's episode... We'll talk to Kevin Coleman, the director of brand marketing for Weber Grills, and talk about their new Summit Charcoal Series grills that are just released yesterday. We'll go over this past weekend's competition results through the various sanctioning bodies, have a sauce review, and give you a look ahead at some upcoming events. All that and more on this edition of the Barbecue Roundup. Since we've been off the last couple weeks, let's go ahead and take a look back at some of the bigger news stories that have transpired. The first story coming out of the Barbecue Guru, which is the creator of automatic pit temperature control devices. And in a move to remain very competitive in what is now becoming an increasingly competitive market, they have brought in-house all of the distribution and dealer networks and will be selling direct to consumers from here on out. They've also evaluated manufacturing processes and the associated pricing and are now able to offer all of their automatic temperature controls at substantially lower costs than they have ever been able to offer end users before. If you're interested, you can find out more about The Barbecue Guru at thebbqguru.com. And in interest of full disclosure, they are a sponsor of my Tuesday show. Yesterday, Weber unveiled their highly anticipated new cooker to the market. We'll learn a little bit more about this cooker in depth in the spotlight segment of the show with Kevin Coleman, director of brand education. But just to wet your whistle a bit, it's not going out of the realm of what Weber is comfortable doing. Bending metal, kettle shaped but there are a lot of value-added features to this particular cooker that is not currently available through any of their other Weber products offerings. So stay tuned and listen to my interview with Kevin Coleman a little bit later. Sad news coming out of Abilene, Texas. Former barbecue restaurant owner Harold Christian passes away. Harold Christian, famous for his barbecue, died Sunday evening, according to family members. Christian ran Harold's Pit Barbecue until 2011 when he retired due to health problems. The restaurant at North Penth and Walnut was started by his father, Toby Christian, in the late 1950s. In addition to serving up mouth-watering barbecue, Christian was known to belt out a hymn for customers when he was not needed behind the counter. In an interview in 1981, Christian said, I'm thankful for all the people, especially the ones who have always been here, who've always eaten our food, and who have always let me serve them. I've always wanted everyone to feel welcome. There aren't any strangers here. When you do something year after year, when you've worked at a place had a place, grown attached to the customers, served in the city on different boards, worked all those days, it's kind of hard when you mention closing up. The story coming from a staff report at reporternews.com. The next story coming out of the Winnipeg Free Press and authored by Murray McNeil, local entrepreneur and Wicker World owner Phil Squire vows his new 10,000-square-foot Lux Barbecue Company store at Unit 3, 1290 Kenston Boulevard, will feature the province's largest selection of barbecue and barbecue accessories. That includes about 15 different brands of barbecues, including Weber, Napoleon, and Broil King, and more than 100 different models. Ultimately, we want to have something for everybody, Squire explains during an interview. That's why we're starting at the $199 price point and going all the way up to $15,000. Lux Barbecue plans to sell such things as spices, rubs, sauces all year round. And while not everyone barbecues during the winter, Squire believes enough people do to make it worthwhile in selling those items all year round. While Lux Barbecue's primary focus will be on barbecue-related products, Squire said it will also sell patio furniture during the spring and summer months and dining room furniture during the fall and winter months. Squire goes on to explain we think it's the best opportunity to have a very good offering of one type of item and be very good at that one thing. The Lux Barbecue Store is tentatively scheduled to open for business April 15th. Let's go ahead and take a look at this past weekend's competition results This taking place for April 1st. We stop in the KCBS first. Indian River Twisted Tail Barbecue Cookoff in Vero Beach, Florida, winning that one. Uncle Toad's Competition Barbecue with a 690.7. Cedar Fest Barbecue in Cedar Park, Texas, took place. Buckshot Barbecue winning that one with a 678.8. Stillwater Elks Lodge Blazathon in Stillwater, Oklahoma, winning that one. Three Hog Night Smokers with a 701.1. Blues Hog Barbecue and Music Fest in Jackson, Tennessee, winning that one getting Basted with a 709.6. The Iron Man in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, winning that one Three Eyes Barbecue with a 694.7. Smokin' on Big Creek Barbecue Contest Benefiting Operation Barbecue Relief in Pleasant Hill, Missouri, winning that one Lucky's Q, the 5th Annual Santa Anita's Winter Circle Barbecue Championship in Arcadia, California, winning that one rooftop barbecue with a 696.5. I was lucky enough to catch up with the winner of the Santa Anita's Barbecue Cook-Off, Andy Allen from Rooftop Barbecue. Kind of set the scene and tell us a little bit about what this event is like, all the good aesthetic stuff that one would expect from being at a race course.
1: It's actually a really great competition. We pull in Thursday night, and they actually build a bridge that goes across the turf, the uh, turf uh, track there, so we don't damage the course. So we load in Thursday night. It's just a good night to hang out and uh, wake up to the sound of exercise riders running in the morning. You know, there's a lot of history there, so it's just a great location.
0: Is there any distraction going on with all of the the horse hubbub? As you're kind of getting ready to, to get the contest underway,
1: uh, yeah, they got some special rules. We have to be about 15 feet from the fence. No loud noises in the morning. So normally, typical time lighting your fires, uh, to put your ribs on or, or your chicken. Uh, they ask you not to do that or to be really quiet when you do it. There's a couple of things. They also have awards at a separate time, so it doesn't interfere with the track announcer.
0: Talk to me about your turn-ins. Uh, you know, how are you feeling about each individual category? as you close the box and run them over the table. I actually
1: felt pretty good about turning this time. Uh, our pork hasn't been hitting as well as I'd like, so we tried a new sauce this time. still uh, isn't quite where we want it, but it is doing well. Uh, we placed 19th in pork, which was good enough to get us the grand champion. Ribs, and chicken, and brisket were both really good. Our brisket's been actually really good this last six months.
0: You know, you've seen a lot of success over the past competition season into this year. Is there anything special that you have been doing that has allowed you to experience this success, or is it just practice and following the program? Consistency is the key.
1: There's a couple things. Uh, We got some new Green Mountain grills in September, and those ones uh, have the new heat shield on them, and we're finding really good success with them. Uh, Our smoker's about five degrees from end to end, right on the dial. Besides that, we've been using the new cash cow and cow prod from Big Papa Smokers on our brisket, so... I think we've had a top 10 brisket uh, ever since we've been doing that. So that's been really good to us.
0: You know, Andy, I'm a big horse race guy, born and raised in Saratoga Springs, home of the oldest thoroughbred racing track in the country. Is this the first time that you guys have done Santa Anita, or is this uh, kind of an every year type of thing for you?
1: Uh, we've done it every year. A few years back, we even had it twice in the same year. So we've been there every single time. My family's really big into race horses. Both of my parents were exercise riders. So have been growing up around the horse track, and to go back there.
0: Are you surprised that this particular event has really seen quite a bit of popularity uh, over that time that it has been taking place in Santa Anita Park?
1: Not really. There's a few competitions in California that everyone goes to and this is one of them. You know, just to be out on the infield overnight and seeing the lights in the stadium and you know, something, something special about that event and uh, the location and the history and it's definitely one not to miss.
0: Where are you guys going to be competing at next Andy?
1: Uh, next up we have Wildemar pretty much my hometown. It was our first competition about six years ago and then we're heading to Vegas Regionals with Sam's Club and then to Mesquite Nevada.
0: Andy Allen is the pitmaster of rooftop barbecue Andy always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming up. The Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour had a local event in Renton Washington winning that one Bad Bones Barbecue. In the Florida Barbecue Association, there was one event, the Smoke on the Water Barbecue and Music Festival in Thomaston, Georgia. Winning that one, Bull Rush Barbecue with a 772.63. And finally, we swing down to Texas and check out their results. In the IBCA, there were 11 cook-offs with 10 reporting. The first annual Beeville Spring Fest Barbecue Cook-Off in Beeville, Texas. Winning that one, Killer V's cooking team. The Christine Volunteer Fire Department Barbecue Cook Off in Christine, Texas, winning that one Shot Glass. The third annual Rock and Blues Barbecue Cook-Off in Olmito, Texas, winning that one Grill on Grill. The Little League Barbecue Cook Off in Lavergne, Texas, winning that one Fishing Eagles, Barbecue Islands in Four Peaks Brewing Barbecue Throwdown in Tempe, Arizona, winning that one Steel Booty. Knights of Columbus, 12th Annual Barbecue Cook-Off in Irving, Texas, winning that one, Big Ed Barbecue. The Masonic Lodge, number 881, 12th Annual Cook-Off in Rosenberg, Texas, winning that one, Moonlight Cookers. The 26th Annual Roughneck Chili and Barbecue Cook-Off in Luling, Texas, winning that one, Pants on the Ground. The Cleveland Livestock Show Barbecue Cook-Off in Cleveland, Texas, Winning that one we be smoking, and for point of note, this was a Texas Gulf Coast Barbecue Association contest, which is now run by the IBCA. The Alvin Music Festival in Cookoff in Alvin, Texas, winning that one first class barbecue. We moved down to Lone Star Barbecue Society for Cookoffs with two reporting. The Wild Pig Cook Off in Evan, Texas, winning that one Diamond J. And finally the showdown Greater Magnolia Chamber Cook Off in Magnolia, Texas, winning that one. Plumbers too. Let's take a look at the upcoming contest schedule for April 8th, starting in the KCBS, Q at the View in Gulfport, Mississippi, New York Barbecue Cookoff in Staten Island, New York, the Best Damn Barbecue Contest in Smithville Lake and Smithville, Missouri. 6th Annual Bull Moose in Somerville, Tennessee, Smoke in the Spring in Osage City, Kansas, Grillin' and Chillin' in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, Smoke on the Falls in Nwakala Barbecue Fest in Gadsden, Alabama, Triple Threat Barbecue, Beer and Music Festival in Harrington, Delaware, and finally the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour in Salt Lake City, Utah. Looking at the Florida Barbecue Association, two events on the docket this weekend, the Tri-State Barbecue Festival in Dothan, Alabama, and Smokin' on the Farms in Bunnell, Florida. And we finish up the upcoming contest section with the events going off in Texas this coming weekend. Some of the big ones of note, Smokin' in the Oaks in Bryan, Texas, Neal's Lodge Cookoff in Concan, Texas, and Rock the River in Houston, Texas. As a quick point of note, the Texas Gulf Coast Barbecue Association has 7 cookoffs on the calendar this month. That means promoters went back to them after the IBCA ingested. If you've always wanted to be a Kansas City Barbecue Society's certified judge, you can take a class coming up in Brookhaven, Mississippi, April 12th. You can also take one in Sellersburg, Indiana on April 16th. Also a heads up on some cooking classes if you're interested. On April 22nd, Mike Davis from Laudable Barbecue has a tell all class in Waynesboro, Georgia. Harry Sue from Slap Yo Daddy has a barbecue 101 class in Diamond Bar, California, April 23rd. And Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue has a competition barbecue class in Yukon, Oklahoma, April 29th. You can find out more about barbecue cooking classes by visiting kcbs.us and then click on cooking classes in the navigation menu. Welcome to the tasting table. Remember, this is done live right in my kitchen. So we have two sauces ready to review this week on the Barbecue Roundup. Both are donated by Chad Warner, who is the pitmaster of Yes Deer Barbecue. You can find them on the Facebooks slash Yes dear BBQ or online, yesdeerbbq.com. And there are two offerings, or as people say in the Whiskey World Expressions, that we'll be trying today. One is a uh, yellow sauce, which, according to the front label, tangy, tasty tart. And on the back, this sweet mustard-based sauce is a tangy complement to chicken, pork, and your other favorite meats. And then we also have a red sauce, which on the front says sweet, savory, and my favorite word, succulent. And on the back says, accentuate the flavor of pork, ribs, beef, and chicken with this tomato-based sauce. So I'm trying to debate whether I want to try yellow or red first. So we'll try the yellow. Uh, We'll pour it out a little bit here on the spoon just to see how viscous it is. So this is kind of a, I would almost call it a, a, a gelatinous viscosity. As it flows off the spoon into the bowl, you can see specks of the spice block that they're using. And it coats the spoon rather nicely. Uh, As far as the nose, let's go ahead and give it a sniff. So the nose is a little offensive in in my estimation. I don't know if it's just because I'm thinking I'm going to have a red sauce smell and it ends up being the mustard sauce smell, but it's, and you can definitely smell the mustard in there. But if I'm being the honest reviewer that I am, I do a little bit of a jerk back uh, when I'm smelling it. However, that doesn't mean that in the end it's not going to be a good sauce. So, you know, on the nose, on a scale of one to five, you know, I'm probably two uh, or so. Uh, so let's go ahead and give it a taste here. So, the flavor on the yellow sauce, uh, there's a decent back end heat or spice that I'm getting, which I like. The overall flavor, you know, uh, I would say, to, to coin a phrase, a little hot doggy on where the use of mustard is. It's certainly not the worst barbecue sauce I've ever had. Now, I have had probably three or four of the best mustard-based sauces that are currently on the market. And they are all from South Carolina. Georgia is not typically where you'd find mustard-based sauce, so A, I appreciate the effort from Chad going out of region and making a mustard-based sauce. But for instance, there's a mustard-based sauce called Reverend Marvin's, which is made originally and also in a hot version, which to me is kind of the gold standard of where mustard-based sauce is. So if I'm comparing the two, Reverend Marvin's is much higher on the rank. However, as a consumer and with an overall lack of mustard-based sauces, I think this effort is good from Chad Warner at Yes Dear Barbecue. So on a scale 1 to 5, I'm rating it a 3. It's not blowing me out of my chair but i am kind of interested to see how it might work with some of the pork products that we'll be making out on the backyard and now we'll go ahead and try the red sauce so first of all the nose this one off the bat smells better if we're talking about noses between the yellow and the red sauce more traditional a little bit of a smoky flavor to it sweet Uh, so i'm i am kind of excited to give this one a try so we'll pour it on the spoon see how it coats So both have a similar uh, viscosity as you pour them out. Maybe gelatinous was too aggressive in the term, but they're they're definitely not super thin, but not a Kansas City super thick sauce either. Kind of in the middle there, and it coats the spoon nice. Again, you can see the spice block that Chad's using in here, which I like. Now, I will tell you this. The yellow sauce did stay on the spoon a little bit more. As I look at the spoon, the spice remains, but the color's kind of off of it, so it actually might be a little thinner than I think. Nose-wise, you know, it's you know in that three or four uh, category for me, and we'll give it a taste here. All right. So as far as overall flavor here on the red sauce, between the two, this is going to be more of my favorite. And again, I think it is it, it is important to point out that unless you're in one of those hyper regional locations where a mustard-based sauce is prevalent, your palate might try and trick you to think that. One sauce is better than the other, but you do have to be able to delineate between the two. The red sauce is a really good effort. It's got a nice little spicing that builds in the back. It does have some nice sweetness. The flavor profile uh, works well together. Uh, There isn't any disjointedness that I think about. I actually have poured yellow and red sauce in the bowl together just to kind of get that viscosity. And the two mixed together uh, aren't actually bad at all. So you can buy a bottle of one and the other. You could do 25-75 a 50-50 split or 75-25 the other direction and have a good unique sauce that is based out by two individual sauces so on the flavor rank i'm going to give it a four out of five it's it's not offending at all it's very good Uh, again it works i think i can see this on beef i can see it on pork i can see it definitely on chicken so the utility of the sauce is going to be high as well uh, I give it a four out of five. It's, uh, it's a really good red sauce effort. Again, this is Yes Deer BBQ. There's a red sauce and a yellow sauce. You can follow them on the Facebooks slash Yes Dear BBQ or online, probably to purchase at YesDeerBBQ.com. Thanks again to Chad Warner from Yes Deer BBQ, who is the pitmaster of the namesake competition team, and we will see you again next week for another sauce review. There has been a lot of anticipation over the last couple of weeks as you review internet chatter on the message forums, things of this nature, that Weber is coming out with a new cooker. Is it going to be pellet-driven? Is it going to be a Kamado-style cooker? Is it going to be dual fuel? The speculation is running wild and rampant, and yesterday the new grill was finally released, and I am lucky enough to be able to sit down now here for the weekly barbecue Roundup Spotlight segment and talk to the Director of Brand Education and Weber's Grillmaster, Kevin Coleman, joining me here. Kevin, how are you?
2: I'm very good. Thank you so much for having us on.
0: You know, now with the the release of the grill, and I guess specific in case somebody's just picking up this show and hasn't really heard about the hubbub or seen the release, uh, tell us all about the, the new cooker and kind of why Weber feels that this might be the proverbial game changer. Well,
2: you know, it's fun is I've been cooking on this, this unit for about two and a half years so i'm probably logged about six seven hundred hours on it and the first time i cooked on it so up until yesterday when we were cooking for the ncaa games i feel um invincible in front of it um it's an amazing machine the heat control that you have on it is second to none um it is, it is probably one of the best grills i've ever cooked on period and that speaks for weber and almost anything else that's been on the market
0: Kevin, when Weber looks to take a new product on, is it typically in this type of an R&D time scenario? You said you've been cooking on it for the last two and a half years. Is this something that's normally standard, or is this a little bit more out of the norm, You know, whether it's a little less time or, or a little more time specific to this product?
2: Well, I think it kind of depends on what the grill is. Um, I know myself working with the Genesis and redesign that and put the knobs in the front of that. We, we cooked for about two years on that. So it's usually, maybe this one's a little bit extended, just because it was out of the norm of uh, some of the things that we've done, Um, and we wanted to make sure that we simplified the whole cooking process to the point where people can get in front of it, um, have some pretty overwhelming success, and um, pretty much own one of the best grills on the market.
0: What did you guys come up with name-wise, and and I, I guess what makes it unique to the barbecue and grilling industry market segment?
2: Well, what the exciting part is, we're, we're, we've been known, and this goes back a little bit of our history, but we've been around for almost 60 years. George Stevens started the company with our kettle grill, and uh, naming it the Summit Charcoal Grill um, is very similar to what you would get when you get to our gas line with the Summit Gas Grill. And um, the amount of time and energy that we've put into this into this grill to make it what it is is absolutely. Um, spectacular, and I think what makes it unique to the to the market is we stayed away from going the ceramic route. that went to what we do best, which is bending metal and making the absolute best grills that we can. So the grills double insulated, um, double wall, double in, it's, it's, <coughs> excuse me, double walls insulated. Um, very easy to move around. Can hold temperatures. I've taken 18 to 19 hours without having to add any fuel. Um, has the same awesome features that people know known um, and love with our grills from the ash removal with the one-touch system. So instead of having to use other objects to get the ash out, you have that beautiful one-touch system that will bring the ash down to the ash collection. It um, has a diffuser plate that we put inside that allows you to control temperatures for, I guess, 15, 16, 18 hours without having to add any fuel. It has a rapid-fire damper on the lid that not only rotates back and forth, but can open all the way up which gives you a very, very nice chimney effect, which you can take that grill up in 7, 800 degrees in about 10 to 15 minutes, um, has our traditional on uh, a performer, which people love is a gas ignition. So that is built into this grill too. Uh, so you can get your charcoal stowed in about, let's say, 7 to 10 minutes or grown in about 15. Um, it's just, just loaded with those traditional Weber features, um, but in a way that can give you, High temperatures, 600, 700, 800 degrees. Low temperatures, 225, heat control. Roasting, braising, smoking. Um, I've done pizzas inside of it, which the browning on the pizzas look exactly what you would get out of a traditional pizza oven. I mean, it's absolutely crazy what this grill can do.
0: In regards to just being able to paint a visual picture, uh, because we're obviously just doing an audio show here, it's safe to assume that if you know what a Weber kettle grill looks like in its high-level essence, this is something that is similar in shape?
2: Yes, it's very very similar in shape. So it has a traditional rounding on the top, same down with the traditional look on the bowl. Um, has a very nice handle on the front. Has a very beefy hinge in the back, which makes the lid go up and down nice and smooth, nice and easy. Um, a lot of the, it's very similar to what you would see in a kettle. Um, obviously, this is 24 and a half inches versus the, the traditional 22. Uh, much bigger cooking area. Stainless steel grade hinge grade. Which is awesome for adding, moving, uh, being able to take stuff in and out. It's it, it's just absolutely awesome to see all the features that are built into this, and the heat control is is what I love the most. So I can cook at two twenty five to two fifty, which will take me about fifteen to twenty minutes to get to. If I want to cook something low and slow for a while and then ramp up the temperatures, I can do that within about fifteen to twenty minutes. So it's pretty cool how you can go up and down, and then go you can go high, low to high or high to low very easily. Um, and and to have that heat control and have that versatility is something that I haven't seen in the grill
0: yet. So in a traditional Weber kettle grill, if you're looking to do something a little bit more lower temperature, there's been the wide practice of cooking indirect. So you're banking the coals either all off onto one side, or you're taking half on one, half on the other and you leave the center voided. And then you're messing around with the damper at the bottom to control the, the, um, Oxygen onto the coals, and then you can also play around with that top damper in in regards to how much it's kind of exhausting or, or sucking through the coals, uh, similar in process as far as how you want to fire it or you just want to lay everything right there down on the bottom like you were going to be cooking direct, and then with the use of this diffuser plate, you're able to kind of gauge how you want to run the temperature higher or low yeah, so
2: you' got some options with this grill and traditionally when i'm doing Smoking on a low and slow on a kettle, I might do the traditional snake method, where I kind of wrap the charcoal around the inside, the outside um, of the charcoal grate, light one end, and it will slowly burn. With this grill, what's really cool is, so for people that love to grill and love high heat, there's two positions for the charcoal grates. you can move the grate up, which gets you closer to your food. Which, if you want to traditionally do the roasting, you can because there's charcoal baskets that are included with it. Or you can drop it to the low position, and you can then put the diffuser plate on. And then you can do your traditional roasting, you know, indirect type of of cooking. Um, What's really nice, too, is in the one-touch system on the bottom, it's got a little small keyhole cut out of each of the um, openings down there. And on the one-touch system on the slide that moves back and forth, there is an indicator on there that tells you the perfect setting for smoke, which is going to be your first um, circle on there. So it tells you really this is where you put it for smoking, get your charcoal started, put the diffuser plate in, and you are ready to go in about 15 15 minutes, give or take, um, for low and slow cooking. And depending on the amount of food fuel that you put in there, you can go a very long time with it.
0: So similar in shape, similar in cooking space. You get you know uh, uh, two inches more, I, I guess, out of uh, this particular one. Uh, unique features that we really haven't seen before: the hinged uh, lid, which is going to be you know a lot nicer. I actually, know some guys down in Florida that fabricate. Uh, aftermarket hinges for the Weber Smoky Mountain and some other cookers instead of just taking them off and putting them on the ground. Now you have that you know lid access, so that sounds uh, incredibly great. The thing that I guess is jumping out to me is something not in the Weber wheelhouse that I guess you've introduced to the wheelhouse now is the double-insulated portion of this. Uh, notoriously, Weber smokers and grills are not insulated. They're the ceramic uh, or the, the, the porcelain-coated and uh, great for what they are, but never insulated. So people have had to use hot water blanket heaters to add some insulation or, or buy some other aftermarket product. Were, was there a concerted effort when this was going through the R&D process and the creative process, I guess, to add some type of an insulative product to this?
2: Well, I think for us, in order to really, when we looked at the market and saw the amazing cookers that are ceramic, um, trying to figure out what they do and then how can weather Um, Going to that category and we did a lot of market research and you know one of them a lot of that was down in Texas And they absolutely were like we can't wait to see if Weber can get into this arena So what we found was how do we keep it Weber? How do we keep that DNA and Doing a double walled insulated unit was perfect It's insulated by air which is one of the better things that we found for our application works unbelievably well Um, it sticks to that traditional uh, uh, Weber DNA And the temperature control and flexibility you have with the unit because of that is awesome. And the nice thing for us, and, you know, it's just what works really well with this grill is movable. It's not extremely heavy, um, although it does weigh a fair amount of pounds. um, But it's much easier to move around, much more user-friendly than um, some of the other things that are on the market. And like I said, when it comes to control, um, it's absolutely
1: awesome.
0: In regards to distribution, it was released yesterday or kind of unveiled to everybody. Is this something that it is immediately getting pushed out into the consumer retail? Or how are you guys attacking it in regards to bottom line sales?
2: Well, what, you, what we're going to look for is it's going to be at our specialty retailer. So this is going to be some of our world-class alliance dealers. Um, and they're going to be the ones that are going to be selling it for us. You really won't see this in any big box stores. Um, it's one of those things that it's a very special product and we need to have um, the right people selling it. So, you're going to see it at specialty retails, which you'll be able to find on the website if you're going to be looking for it. And, um, I mean, we're looking for a pretty big year for it. What a great time to release it April 6th. I mean, with yesterday, the weather's just finally getting nice in most places. Although in Chicago this past weekend, it was snowing, it was sunny, it was snowing, it was sunny, and that was yeah. every 15 minutes. So, with, with the weather turning, I think people are going to be extremely excited when they get that and get it in their backyard. Um, cook on it for the first time and really see what it can do. Uh,
0: Since you're kind of uh, the master of brand education out there in the uh, Weber world, Kevin, do you foresee this grill ultimately replacing anything in the product line or is this just going to serve a special niche in the products portfolio that Weber is offering?
2: It's an interesting question. I wouldn't see it really taking away from anything. I think there's certain people in the marketplace that want the biggest they want the best, and this grill really can do everything. I think mean, when people look at a kettle, they say, "Well, why would I want to spend you know fifteen hundred dollars for the, the Summit Charcoal, or go up to two thousand for the Summit Charcoal Grilling Center?" And well, I can get a normal kettle. Well, yes, you can. But when you look at what this grill can do, the features and benefits of this, and it can do all three, it starts to make a little bit of sense. And when it comes to price, you're going to see it's very comparable to the majority of grills that are out there, except for instead of having all these different things that have to buy with it, this grill is loaded up with them. So, and, 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 it's one of those things I have 46 grills in my backyard. I have seven smoky mountain cookers. Um, it is one of my favorite grills that's out there, but I can't do everything on it, right? It's traditionally just made for low and slow cooking. So this grill come with charcoal, I'm going to be able to do everything on, have the same type of heat control, maybe even better, run a little more fuel efficient, because it is insulated, and with with the results that we've gotten off of it and being able to control temperatures for, like I said, 18, 19 hours, it's a pretty interesting dilemma to be in if you're going to be looking to get into the whole grilling and smoking category and and want to make a bang.
0: You had mentioned it a couple minutes ago, and a a very nice dovetail were price points of $1,500 and and $2,000. So what do you get with the $1,500 one? What do you get with the $2,000 one?
2: Well, with the Summit Charcoal Grill, you're going to get the traditional – Summit Charcoal It's going to have um, all the features that are built into the Summit Charcoal Grill Center. Different being when you step up to the Summit Charcoal Grilling Center, you're going to have a beautiful stainless steel table. You're going to have a cart that moves around on. You're going to have a rack that pulls out that you can add your spices. Underneath the tables um, is a place that you can put the diffuser plate when you're not using it. There's a On the far left, there's a beautiful stainless steel handle, but Right inside there, there's a spot that you can hang the cooking grate off of when you're going to be either cleaning the inside out or you're going to be heating up your charcoal. So it's a very beautiful station that you're going to be able to cook on. Um, It's one of those things that when people ask, you know, what did you prefer? I prefer the one with the table because I do cook a lot for people. Um, And so I need that table space in order to prep and stuff. But either one, you really can't go wrong.
0: Kevin, was there any thought of trying to come out with a direct competing ceramic cooker, whether it's the Big Green Egg or the the Kamado or the the Primo or something like that. Was there any thoughts at any point that you wanted to try and compete almost cooker for cooker with that, uh, which obviously you haven't done with the new Summit Charcoal Series?
2: Well, well for us, when you look at that category, there's a lot of people and a lot of brands that play there. And what we wanted to do is stay true to what Weber does. We've done Metal pellet, Anybody that's out there, We create cookers that are better than anything out there. And so when we looked at it, it was like, how can we make a grill that's going to look like a Weber, going to feel like a Weber, but most importantly, perform and cook like a Weber. And so that was where our process started. Um, And it has evolved over that two-and-a-half to three-year roadmap that we've been on with it. Um, But to be able to do the things that we're doing with this grill and the way in which we're doing them, um, people are going to, I think sit up in the chairs and take a little bit of um, action on it because we've addressed a lot of the issues that people have with some of those um, different styles of cooking, and so we've, we've jam packed this unit with those, and have really, really made a spectacular
1: product.
0: I think whether you're looking at the fifteen hundred or the two thousand dollar one, and you know I'm a big believer in never having any buyer's remorse when it comes to buying a barbecue or a grill or both or, or whatever. Even a year down the road, I never want to wish that I would have stepped up. So to me, the $2,000 option makes the most sense. Um, I love carts. I love extra space. Uh, I'm like you. I cook quite a bit. But I think the thing that makes any Weber stand out is not only the time-tested, proven capabilities of the product, but geez, Kevin, you guys have the best customer service, perhaps anywhere in any industry, but especially in the barbecuing industry, I love being able to call into Weber customer service. They will tell me how to break down my uh, gas burners. If I have gas problems, Uh, they can recommend replacement parts. The shipping is unique. This is probably one of the most valuable things that maybe nobody talks about when you're looking at spending the money is the support behind the cooker that Weber continues to give.
2: Greg, that's a beautiful point that you've picked out in myself working for Weber for so long. And I started in customer service in 1999. So that kind of dates how long I've been around Weber. And it's hard because I want to get treated the same way I get treated out of every other company out there, like the way I do with Weber. And so you're right about the customer service and people don't think about that, but that's such an integral part of what we do. Um, And we appreciate the praise on it because our customer service works very hard, very diligently to take care of customers. But that's part of when you buy a Weber, right? And people love that when there's an issue, call an 800 number they get the parts out to you. I've never heard of anybody that has major issues that has been a little bit out of warranty that we haven't taken care of. Um, It's just something that that we've done forever. We'll continue to do it forever. That's who we are as a company. But when you make fantastic products, the service should go along with that. And we make sure that we take care of the people that are buying a product, just like with this one. um, There's going to be a ton of online content. There'll be a ton of support on it when people have their questions that they do and with Facebook and Twitter and and, and being able to answer those on on my page and Weber's page people are going to be part of an awesome community that's going to I think redefine grilling and smoking in your
0: backyard Kevin let me ask you one more question before I let you go and I appreciate the time the Weber Smoky Mountain (laughs) Cooker you said you have like seven or eight of them in your backyard so obviously from a personal level you know it is one of the most revered cookers in the competition circuit, in the barbecue backyard circuit, uh, which is just, you know, the average Joe like me. Does Weber really have a, a finger on the pulse because of the success and the, the bigness of the company? Do they really know how popular this is within that subculture of barbecue, that being the Weber Smoky
2: Mountain? We understand very clearly how much people revere that product. And one of my good friends, one of my barbecue brothers, Harry Sue, um, we share the same. Mm-hmm ideology when it comes to, there's nowhere else in America where you can buy a pit for 299, like the 18 and a half inch or the $3.99, 22 and a half inch smoky mountain cooker and be able to compete against the best people in the world and have the same chance of winning as they do. And it is such an awesome story for people that are getting in the competitions or just getting into barbecue and how easy it is. And I like to say in my terminology that I think Weber is the perfect marriage of art and science. We've taken care of that science, just like with the summer charcoal grill. So that way, every time you put something on and you set that tap up correctly, it's going to hold temperatures, which allows you as the user to perfect that art form. And that's the smoke you use, the seasonings, the injections, the salts you're using, the peppers you're using, and all that other amazing stuff. It allows you to think more about that than your cooker. And I think that's why it's become so revered and so popular is because people can set it up and spend more time thinking about other things and compete and cook amazing food you're not going to find really in another product so it's it, it's one of my favorites like i said i have seven of them in my backyard i love them Would i say the summer charcoal is going to replace them i guess it kind of depends on what i'm going to be cooking but there's not a bigger love affair i have with the product than i do with our wsms for sure i mean if people have questions they can always find us on twitter and facebook at weber grills or they can go on my page which is kevin coleman's backyard Um, And I'm usually getting back to people within like 30 minutes or an hour of them asking questions. And that's pretty much all week long. So um, we're here to answer the questions. We're here to help people
0: cook. Kevin Coleman is the director of brand education and Weber's Grill Master. If you haven't gone over to Weber's website to check out the new grill, you can do that by going to Weber.com slash grill of a lifetime. That's Weber.com slash grill of a lifetime. Also, you can head on over to AmazingRibs.com and see their in-depth review of this cooker since they were one of the very few that got their hands on an advanced model and have been able to cook on it and really give a unbiased opinion of where this cooker sits right now amongst all of the other cookers. Again, that's AmazingRibs.com for their take on the Summit Charcoal Grill. That's going to do it for this edition of the weekly barbecue roundup. Be sure to keep up with show updates by following me on social media. You can find me on Facebook slash greg.rempe that's G R E G. R E M P E. dot R-E-M-P-E. follow me on the Twitter at bbq central show or Instagram at the same handle you can also add me on Instagram gregrempe one word g-r-e-g r-e-m-p-e until next Thursday at noon Eastern Standard Time this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe thank you for listening
1: It's time and he lights a fire, he's queuing all night. Well, he never grows tired. Slow smoke, meat, that's his only goal. As he puts a pig in the pit, and he smokes it whole. He's a pit master. Well, he keeps a fire down on the slope, he's smoking those coals. Weather doesn't matter, be it sun or snow. Cause ain't nothing gonna stop this backyard barbecue pro. He's a bit messed up.